gentlemen, welcome back to the BB Show. I'm your host, Beebs, joined by my co-host, Chen. Uh, we got a lot to come in, a lot coming at you guys today. Week four recap, week five predictions, classic staples at this point, buy, sell, hold. We're doing our quarter season awards since we're a quarter of the way through the year. Uh, but before all that, quick explanation. We're about three days late on this episode. Work emergencies for the both of us. Uh, you know, not, not much we can do. But if you guys are enjoying Thursday episode better, uh, just let us know, and we'll uh, maybe make that adjustment. We're pretty flexible here. So um, we'll be back on Monday for week five, but if we see that this episode does better, we might be able to make that change for week six or week seven. So um, without further ado, before we dive completely in, Jen, how are you doing today, man? I should have had it. My my whole bit was I was going to hold up the over first card, but it's fine. Um no, man, because you say, like, yeah, we have work emergencies, but, like, you move to, like, arguably, in my opinion, one of the worst states uh, just from their fan base alone. I mean, it, it's been a busy week. Obviously, life happens. But I, how are you doing? Like, is the air as toxic as I believe it probably is? Like, you just breathe in. You're like, oh, you start choking. Like, what what happens? Like, I, I got you know, for further context, I, I moved back to the Chicagoland area this uh this week. That was obvious. Part of the <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's it's tough. You see people walking around in Justin Fields jersey. You go to Dunkin' Donuts. You see a Justin Fields advertisement. You're just oh. like, you're like, man, this is, man. I feel bad for this city. Like, it's just like it's just pity, man. Like, it's, you know, it, you just feel bad. There's nothing you can do. You know, one of the most. Uh, I've never seen a fan base so delusional. We talk about them being delusional before the year. Uh, and then went on record saying, you know, they'll, they'll be better, though. They'll win. Instead of three games, they'll win six or seven. And, wow. I think we're back to three. I think I, if I don't know if we're getting one, man. I don't know if we're getting one. I, I That is great that you brought that up because that was actually my initial question was, like, who do they claim as their star player? Because it, I, I guess it's Fields, but, like, Here's the thing with Justin That's Fields. That's got to be a low. <laughs> Justin Fields, comparatively to the rest of – and we, we can just dive into the – we have the Bears game on the recap. On the All right. Yeah, yeah, we can just yeah. dive into that. Right. But yeah. the, Bears, the Bears fan base has been seeking for a quarterback for so long. And the problem with Justin Fields is after starting his career of what five and 22 going into the season as a starter, they convinced themselves that he was the answer and he had been the answer. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't on this podcast talking good about him because he looked decent and he has great tape. If you look at his rookie year, sophomore year, he, he, this is just a complete regression that I don't think anybody saw coming. I know who to point the finger at and we can get into that. But as a, from a bears fan base perspective, I've never seen an entire city in such disarray. I mean, ranging from Caleb Williams, let's pick him to it doesn't matter who we pick or what we do, uh, we'll ruin their career anyway. So I wouldn't be shocked oh. if Caleb Williams decides to not come out of the draft if we're the first overall pick. Yeah, which I actually is like really likely to happen. I'm seeing now, like you made a comment of like I make a lot of money in NIL. Like there's no rush. Like that is honestly going to be kind of game-changing for the future. I know we want to dive into the Bears and whatnot, 
Um, but when you think of like Eli Manning was probably the last guy I can remember to like be like, hey, I'm not going to this team. Like as a rookie, you really don't have leverage. Like I hate to say it, but the financially you're always inclined to go to the team that picks you at one than the team that pick you at five. Um, but this NIL kind of changes that. Um, but back back to the bad news bears. Shout out to the Sandlot. Classic movie. Uh, it's kind of great. I, I made a joke. I work with younger crowds now about the Sandlot probably like a week ago and nobody really caught on to that. Uh, so that's sad. That, yeah, that hurt me, man. Uh, like, yeah. Anyways, um, they they had a shot. I mean, they were up 28-7. Can you walk me through a little bit of what – because fields look great on paper in terms of, you know, game-wise, especially what we've seen this season. Probably his best game of the year so far. How did Sean Payton and Russell Wilson's ramen cooking get it done? I, I, I got <laughs> Yeah, I need answers. I, I honestly, like, I, I did not have a chance, obviously, with the move and everything, to really, like, break down this game and sure. watch the flow of it. Uh, the best I got out of this game was red zone. But to me, it really just felt like the Bears were in a position that they had not been in in a very long time and found a way to really screw it up. You get up 28 to 7 and just let me I mean 21-7 at half, 28-7 kick off the second half. Yeah. Yeah. So you get in that position, the Bears they got there that or on Sunday, they got up because of Justin Fields. He looked like a different guy for the first time all year. I mean, he was lighting it up. Just looking at his end of game stats, 335 yards passing, 28-35, four touchdowns, one interception. Um, and I guess just it, I don't want to blame the coaches for this loss, although that's probably who should get the blame. Like, it just seems like a collective failure altogether on clock management and lead management. Um, and obviously, like, we know their defensive problems are, are very, very relevant. Um, but I just want to say this, like, regardless of this game or whatnot, I was saying it before this week, uh, I, this might be the worst NFL team I've ever seen. Like I, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that it, it does not get much worse than this. And sure, you can make the argument: zero and sixteen Lions, zero and sixteen Browns, whatever. Uh, this is worse because before the season, these people, like there were people saying that they were going to be good, and there were people saying that they were, you know, Fields was an MVP, can't potential, you know, dark horse MVP candidate. Um, and even myself, I had them as a, you know, I guess a low bubble playoff team at seven wins, like, I, you know, depending on how things shake out. But I did not have them making the playoffs, but, you know, low end bubble, if something crazy happens, sure, maybe yeah. they grab a wild card. That's where I had them. I thought they would take a step forward. And it's just been, I mean, not one step forward, two steps back. It's been like seven steps back and they've yet to take a step forward. <laughs> yeah, like seven step drop back, run around 10 more yards backwards and sacked in the end zone. Um, I will kind of just add on to the fact that as much as an improvement as was supposedly made this offseason, I keep thinking about the question of like that star player. Because we think of the own 16 Lions, they still had Calvin Johnson. So it's like, that is a terrible team. Probably one of, I mean, top five worst of all time. But they had a player that, I mean, maybe they get a game in a different season. 
looking at the Bears, especially how poorly coached they are, is it possible we see an 0-17? Because the Broncos, that was the game. I don't like, think I don't game. think here's why I don't think they'll go in 17. Yeah, I like to be because they're gonna have an interim head coach at some point this year, and an interim mm-hmm. head coach is gonna get a win. Like that's just that's it fair. happens every they, time. They but find a way. Jeff Saturday. If they, if they do not fire their coach at some point this season, they will go in 17. Like I, I see no okay. reason from, from a game yeah. from not even from a game, like from our from our picking perspective. I see them on there. I see no reason and no incentive to ever select them until proven otherwise. It's like, why? It, no. it really is like, why? Because if Justin Fields is your best piece, you'll be throwing a DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds. There's, there's just not enough there. Dude, they couldn't beat a team that gave up 70 points. There. Literally. Like when you look at every other NFL roster, there's just, even the Texans who I thought, I mean, we can talk- <laughs> they're good. Uh, well, like, yeah, it's like, oh, hey, look at that. Like, they got better players than the Bears. And this was a team that was supposed to won the offseason in a lot of people's minds. I mean, you saw the grades of offseasons. The Bears were in the top five for most, like, sports writers. Like, this is not a, you know, opinion from us. This is the Bears were expected to be at a certain point and move forward in some capacity at all, given what they had invested this offseason and it's somehow they're going backwards, which it all we, stems from the top, man. It all stems from the top. Uh, 2011 or 12, they go 10 and six under Lovey Smith. This is after a decade or so of being an NFC contention. They went to a Super Bowl uh, and then they went back to the NFC championship the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. Just felt like I wanted to say that to remind people of that. Um, <laughs> But they were in the NFC playoffs consistently. They were in contention under the Erlacher kind of led defense. They were good. They knew they had an identity. They knew who they were. Yeah. They were a tough nose, tough out every year. Uh, fire Lovey Smith after going 10 and 6. And it has just been a complete coaching and quarterback carousel ever since. And that is proving to be one of the worst decisions in that franchise's history, in my opinion, because it has just sent them down the spiral. And the fan base has gotten used to this this is this is the bears historically are not this bad they've been very solid historically um over the if you look at the course they're one of the most winningest teams in terms of total wins i know they have a longer history but you get my point uh and now the fans have just gotten used to this like three-year coaching staff turnover era and now it's getting even faster like Oh, we're going to draft Trubisky, whatever. Was it second overall, third overall, something? Or was it that high? It was. They went from that high. to second. Like, they literally traded up because the 49ers got him with the up fake of, like, we might take Trubisky. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're talking about that desperation of, like, trying to improve, like, microwave. Like, let's just throw it all together. And they had an identity. It was defense. It was the monsters of the midway. Since 85, they've always had an amazing middle linebacker between Singletary, Erlacher. I'll throw in Lance Briggs. I know he's a middle linebacker, but, like, you would think. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, who they (laughs) trade away. And even then, you trade away Khalil Mack, who had six sacks on Sunday. Like, they are just making bad decisions to the point where I'm starting to human that capacity of the Raiders of, like, they just might be like cursed 
like in terms I, of film. I, I, you can't even say that though, because the Raiders, the Raiders have a rock solid history. It's just been the last like 15 to 20 years, ever since kind of they traded Gruden, lost that Super Bowl. They've been they've been really brutal. Um, but prior to that, like the John Madden days and whatnot, they were good. They dominated the AFL. But the Bears, like, they've gotten so accustomed to this this carousel of just like hoping for the answer. Like we talked about the chess piece analogy from a couple weeks back and building a team around a quarterback. They won 12 games and dominated the NFC North with Mitch Trubisky. And two years later, the entire fan base had completely abandoned him and and alienated him, kicked, ran him out of town when he was an average quarterback. And they had other problems that needed to be addressed. Under Mitch Trubisky, I don't think they ever were under 500 except that was his final year. They were like seven and nine or six and ten, one of those years, above five hundred. Under Justin Fields, you have a three-win season. This zero and four start, and I don't remember what he was his rookie year, but five and twenty-two. So two, you had two wins, didn't he? Like it, it's just like yeah. I, I don't know where the where the patience is with this coaching staff. I mean, it, this is just an abysmal start. I, I don't even know how to like. First off, their their defensive coordinator like left the team for like I something that. Yeah. like I'm pretty sure for like harassing worker. I'm not Dude, yeah. so I, I gotta just put it up. Did you Charles Tillman? Is he actually in the FBI? I saw a whole thing that like he's an FBI agent now. I have not seen this. Off Alan Williams. That maybe someone's need to Google it, but like that would make sense. I mean, you retire from the NFL, you need something to do. But essentially, like, I already was, like, tipped off because, yeah, Alan Williams has got some weird harassment kind of situations going. I guess was not good, so he's stepping away from the team. But I even th- – I think of this, like, Matt Eberflus, I believe, was a defensive guy coming over from the Colts. And you not only take away his best weapons in Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack, he's not – like, he's not utilizing – anything like offensively you've taken a step back because you can't develop fields he's not an offensive mind defensively you've nothing there so that's what really i think led to the collapse on sunday um i don't i'm really in the party of like i heard there's rumblings if they don't win tonight that he's gone he should be because this is not not this is coach somewhere he is not the head coach for the bears like they need somebody new and here's the here's my problem okay when you have a guy like eberfus who is just horrible every every year you've had him right you haven't had any success yeah Yeah. you cut the ties this early in his tenure but when you have a guy like matt Nagy, who started out really good won a division title for you had a heartbreaker in the playoffs sure he had two down years but you were 500 in one of them and just below it in the next why are you cutting ties with that guy so early in his tenure that's why i feel like this organization I know that Matt Nagy's head was on a platter and the entire city of Chicago wanted it gone. But mm-hmm. when hindsight's 2020, you can't help but wonder like why sure a guy like Eberflus, I'm trying to find an example of somebody who's comparable from another franchise, but I oh, dude, like Philly because Doug Peterson literally went through that same spiel with Matt Nagy. I mean, Matt Nagy didn't win a Super Bowl, but like Doug Peterson yeah. was like one bad kind of fall off year with Wentz. And then everybody was done with him. And we see he can still coach. And, like, obviously, Lovey Smith can still coach. It's not even like an Eberflus thing. It's just he was not set up to succeed, in my opinion. And they don't have the offensive guy. And Luke Getz, he's a terrible OC. Well, and here's my thing is, it's don't looking have right money. now. 
All of that to say this, it's looking like right now they literally might have the first two picks of the draft next year because of the DJ which Moore is, trade, which, which is, is nuts. You, If you are not going to have Justin Fields, and we'll get in, we can get into that, if you're not going to have Justin Fields and you're not going to have Matt Eberflus, which we're definitely not going to have Matt Eberflus by the end of the year, get mm. whoever, start working on that decision now so they can make those picks. Okay? Agreed. Get your plan now so they can make those picks because Eberflus didn't pick. I'm pretty sure Nagy picked Justin Fields and we this is now Justin Fields third coach including Matt Nagy yep. in three years so like or however many years it's been that decision was made two staffs ago you've got something like the first two overall picks in the draft which I don't remember the last time it's ever happened you need to have the decision the people that are going to coach those players or the people that are going to coach that draft class immediately making those picks and that's been part of the issue with the Bears too is so much turnover the yep. people are getting pieces that are part of a puzzle that they didn't start. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I was just, I'm glad you brought that up because they went from Jay Cutler with Mark Tressman. I don't know if you remember him oh, and went to, yeah, that that's who got Trubisky in there. And that was the whole panic of we need our guy. So then they go to Nagy and then he goes and gets fields <laughs> and now you don't keep him with fields and you move. So like, if they're going to go down this path, getting Caleb Williams again, they're doomed to literally repeat the history of that they've been making since Lovie Smith and Jay Cutler. Like it's, it's a recent history. You'd think you'd change something, but I feel like we've given this team too much time. Uh, I, I mean, there's all there's, we could talk probably for an hour about how bad this team really is from all we even really touched on the defense and like that, that's a part where it's like, I couldn't. They got Jaquan Brisker. I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt because their defensive coordinator left the team right at the start of the year. So, like, the defensive unit was just doomed from that. Just from that. From that. Like, what are you going to do? That that just sucks. Who's ever taking that on is taking, yet again, another piece of a puzzle that wasn't theirs to begin with. Yeah, that is so true. I don't know why. Look, I think they wiped. I don't. I don't know. At this point, the season's lost. Like, I, I genuinely – it's crazy to say that four weeks into the year, but you're going to end up firing your coach. What is an interim head coach going to do for you other than maybe give you the opportunity – maybe give Justin Fields the opportunity to prove that he's worthy of picking up that fifth-year option? I hope so. With Caleb Williams. Yeah. But, and we can get into I, – I have another topic in one of our later segments. We'll bring up Justin Fields again. But um, we can move on for the, for the time – for the time being, um, let's talk a little bit about Cincinnati. Man. Where where are we at on the panic button? One and three start. Uh, lost to – they beat the Saints, I believe, or somebody really bad. They're not really bad, but that's the really, Rams. The Rams. They, the got, Rams. they got that win on Monday night, but that's really been um, – But then this has been the worst. You know, 24-3 in week one against the Browns. Burrow was hurt in the rain. We all kind of just brushed it off, right? Mm-hmm. Then they came back 27-24 against the Ravens, who looked really good. And I was like, okay, close game, divisional rival, lost it by field. Came back, one and two, win a grinder on Monday night against the bank against the Rams. And then they show up against the Titans and lose 27 to 3. Okay. Yeah. Joe Burrow had 165 passing yards. And Joe Mixon with 60 rushing yards. That's it. That's their offense, man. They barely had 200. They didn't even have 250 yards of offense. They had 200 and 20, 230. Mm-hmm. I, I don't and, – and, you know, here's the thing with that offense is I feel like I'm still supremely confident they're going to find themselves like they always do. I'm more concerned about the defense, man. 
who on the Titans is worthy of giving up 27 points to like 40 year old Derrick Henry? Like, yeah. I just like Tannehill's stat line looks like peak Tannehill with 240 yards and a touchdown. And then they've got Derrick Henry turning back the clock for 120 yards. I, I just like this is concerning, man. Like, mm. like I, here, here's the thing. Here's where I'm at on the panic button meter, as we always say. My hand is hovering above that button. Fingers may even be touching that button. And if this game against the Cardinals this week does not look anything like it should, then I'm yeah. slamming that button down on the one and four start and saying it's panic time, like the season might be over because they have one of the hardest remaining schedules in the NFL. They have one of the hardest right. remaining schedules. They go Cardinals, oh, just like Cardinals this week, which, like I said, a lot riding. Then they go Seahawks. 49ers, Bills, Texans, who are better than expected. They play the Ravens again. The Steelers is a tough win. The Jaguars, the Colts seem to be a tough win. Vikings is probably a win. Steelers again, a tough win. And they play the Chiefs and the Browns in week 17. Yeah, man, I, I hate that schedule. Because honestly, you, you say Vikings as if that's, that's going to give them a challenge. From the, the Bengals team we've seen so far, every team that you just listed will give them a fight and like, personally right now uh, it's a it's a coin flip for me because I feel like every week this year there's been a kind of I don't think I know football game of the week and that (laughs) was I literally looked at the score and I'm like there's just there's no way like the way the Titans have been playing like you said to hang 27 points and then the Bengals to just go mute on offense again it's not here's the thing. It's not just the Bengals offense. The Bengals defense right. is playing below average. The Bengals yeah. offensive line might yeah. be the 32nd ranked unit in the league right now, which is they've had the problem ever since and they here. got Joe Burrow. Uh, and I feel like last year they really picked it up on the back half of the year. So maybe that's gonna happen again. And by picking it up, I mean just the offensive line. Maybe mm-hmm. that's gonna happen again. Maybe they're going to run the, you know, run the Cardinals out of town this week and just ride, continue to ride that momentum like we see this team do every year. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little this, – this is different. This is different than them starting 0-2 last year. Like the 27 – 1-3 feels this, – this 1-3 specifically, when you list off their schedule and what has just previously happened, I, I think it's concerning. Like the hovering over the panic button – is uh probably as accurate and appropriate as reaction I could make to yeah, the like, like it, 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 it's like when you're playing Call of Duty and you're you're sitting next like you've got the you got your sights down the wall and, you know, going, going, like, ah! and you're you're just ready for that guy to turn the corner. Yeah. And then that's where my hand's at right now in the pain. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna do it? Are yeah. they are they you're prone and everything because you know they'll take them longer to see you. And yeah, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Let's say they, they, they miss the playoffs this year. They win five, six, seven, eight games, miss the playoffs. Uh, where, where are you at on Zach Taylor and his tenure in Cincinnati? I'll tell you this. I'm not really at Zach Taylor as much as I'm at the GM. I'm going to tell you why this is a great callback for you. Remember people know I've always been in the party. I love Jamar Chase. I think I disagree. Joe Burrow, I think it's I think it's a great pick. I think it's a great pick. But when you look at Panay Sewell, 
and what he could have. They have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and we know what Joe Burrow is. I would be at least intrigued to see how these first four games would have gone with Panay Sewell and as absent as Joe Burrow and the Jamar Chase connection has been. I understand that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I would pump the brakes on the absence of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I can pull up Chase's numbers, but outside of week one, he's been fairly solid. And I'm not saying like in, in the sense of like what the tandem, like we know what that tandem can do. It's on the level of Kirk and Justin Jefferson. It's elite. It's up there. But the more like, especially Philly, and we may dive into some part of the QB sneak thing because I think it's very interesting, the whole debate of, like, it's a play that shouldn't work, but no other team can do it besides Philly, like, successfully. Teams have been trying to do the whole, like, tush-push, like, QB sneak, and it's oh, not – if they make that illegal, that's the stupidest thing. It's the stupidest thing ever, for sure. Like, because... like it's obvious, like, that the only – and this is a small tangent, but the, and I've been waiting for this to come up for weeks because I've had the mm-hmm. same takes. Mm-hmm. The only team that can do it every time so successfully is Philly because they have a Hall of Fame center and a quarterback who can squat 600 pounds. Everybody else who tries Thank to you. do it can't do it. They Thank fail. You. Yep. Like that, like, like it's personnel. If one team is just good at it, then we don't make it illegal. That's just like, if yeah. I was a Philly fan and they made it illegal, I'd be, I'd be rightfully ticked. And, and that's very fair. And that's, the, the reason I bring that up is just because I think some coaches, I, I'm really seeing this year for sure, the importance of a coaching and player relationship in the scheme of what they're trying to accomplish in the scheme. And Philly knows what they, they will run it down your throat until it doesn't work. And then like, well, we got AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts can still run. We don't expect them to. So they know what they're doing, but there's teams you can just see like the bears and there's, like, I don't really know a team like me. The Broncos are just lost offensively. Um, but in terms of just like, I, I, I can't. I think I know I what you're trying to say. Yeah, you, you, you so, can't put the whole. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to help me out here. So you're, you're placing the blame on the GM for picking Jamar Chase, which I actually, I would, I would go on the other side. I think it's Jamar Chase. Construction. Okay, that's fair. Because you bring That's up the fair. defense, and I feel like they don't touch that ever. You so, can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I, it's. I mean, they've been middle of the pack. They were really good the year they went to the Super Bowl. They elevated really late in the year, uh, and then last year when they went on the run of the AFC Championship, they elevated late. The whole team in general doesn't start playing football until week eight or nine. That's but, so true. Um, I will say this about my feelings towards Zach Taylor, and I think what you're getting at is similar to how I feel about Zach Taylor. I think I brought this up last year. I think that Zach Taylor's play calling is extremely bland. Like, I don't know how else to say that, but when you look at the comparison to, say, the route diversity that Justin Jefferson runs. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Or the motion that Mike McDaniel does with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the creativity. The Bengals have the lowest offensive pre-snap motion percentage in the NFL. That's great stat. They have the lowest pre-snap motion. Jamar Chase's route charts he lines up as the X or the Z receiver on the outside and gets open. That's it. There is, it's so bland. And I've had this beef with Zach Taylor for a long time, but I can't really say it because they've been winning and they've been good. Right. And that's been the, that's been Joe Burrow. And that's why I hold him so high is because I feel like most people look at him and he's kind of in this weird teetered spot of like four, five, three to five. And I always put him like three because I think he elevates that offense above the play coach. 
And yeah. now that he is hindered and his ability to make plays, be mobile, he's a mobile guy in the in the pocket. He's not he's not, you know, Lamar Jackson, but he'll extend plays. They'll be explosive off of his extensions. He's a pocket passer, but he's, you know, he's not Peyton Manning is what I'm trying to say. And now they've had this hindered calf. Their offense has just gone to crap because they can't scheme anybody open because he can't move. I just feel like the majority of their explosives, and they've been so explosive in the past, has been off of his playmaking ability back there. And now that that is hindered, along with a decrease in, I mean, just a fall off in O-line play from the end of last year, uh, yeah. they are. this is why we see them struggling. I Sorry, you were talking, and immediately I thought of – this sounds so familiar to the tone of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers as fans from the perspective is we're like, we have one of the greatest quarterbacks definitely in the league at this moment of when Rodgers was his prime and probably ever. And we're just not getting the correct utilization. And that's why his job was called for him to got with Florida. But it'd be nice if the Bengals would, I'd say it, but if the way the season is going, you just ax Taylor and GM. And you have a GM that's going to go in there and be motivated to build a team and is going to bring in somebody that will utilize. That is a ridiculous stat, that they have the lowest pre-stamp motion. Jamar Chase is at least top five in terms of receivers in the NFL. And you're not – I would motion that guy half the game, personally, especially yeah. seeing Tyreek Hill and the way Justin Jefferson are used. Personally, that's how they should be used. Um We'll see, man. But we'll, we'll like it's just a very like early two thousands, late nineteen nineties, like Mike Holmgren style West Coast. Like, like it, it worked, and it does work with the right quarterback and high level play. But it's a little bit outdated now that we're you know approaching the year, like you know we're getting into the twenty twenties. Like it, it's just yeah. becoming a little bit outdated. Um, style of offense of just line up and spread two by two or three by one. And, you know, your guys make your receivers win and and throw from the pocket. Like we're just in an era where that is not enough. Um, And, you know, we could talk defensively in the GM. I wouldn't call for the GM's head. And I don't even know if I'm calling for Zach Taylor's head. I am calling for there to be a new play caller. I'm calling. New offensive coordinator. It's hard to call for a GM's head when you've been to -to back-to-back games. Like it's kind of – and it's hard to call for Zach Taylor's head, too. It's the same thing we talk about with the Bears, and that's why I'm saying, like, I have this beef. I don't know it's fireable if they miss the playoffs this year because they've been so good, and mm-hmm. it could probably get written off as, you know, they got behind the eight ball because Burrow's calf injury in, in training camp, which is a lame excuse. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's just I just want to get on the record that I, I really hate Zach Taylor's play call. Like that's, that's that's the bottom fair line. That, that's fair enough, and that's even when you say new OC, like, do you think he would like seed play calling? You know what I'm saying? In the sense if of that, like, like, that's what I'm saying he would that. need to do. Like, if that, like, that's, that's what I think. Harvey's still a coach. I think that's why he still has a job. Was because he seeded Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore went to the Chargers this year, but you see already that their offense is winning him games. Um, Taking that step back sometimes is the best way to take the step forward. And to be fair, the McCarthy thing, like the Packers went to what, like four or five NFC championships. It was very good. I'm not won a Super Bowl. It just was. It was when we got to the end. It was like, okay, this is it clearly original and not working. When he came on the scene, it was 
legit. And and Rodgers won how many MVPs under him? Like, yep. it, it was definitely like Zach Taylor's on that pace, arguably. Like you you could say he's on that pace to you know a Super Bowl appearance, similar and, career, and AFC yeah. Championship, and uh, but he I don't think he's at that point yet. Even if they miss the playoffs this year, I don't think he's at that point yet where McCarthy was. Definitely. No, it's, it's a really – it reminds me of even Sean Payton this year. It'd be like if you hired Bill Cowher in 2011. Like, great coaches. Everyone in the media especially is going to think it's going to do well. I bought into it a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's Russ and old school, but I'm seeing a 2013 Drew Brees offense that is just not prime for 2023. Like, coaches, sucks, and I, I think that what I've learned, the more I've begun to follow this league, is that coaches have errors even more so than, like, players do. Like, there, there is a time being in the right place at the right time as a coach really matters, uh, especially when you talk about schematically. And that's why guys like Bill Belichick have my utmost respect because he's been dominating. He's been a top 10 league defense for, like, 30 years, going back to his time with Bill Parsons. Like, yeah. it, it's – and Andy Reid, perfect example, has the – like, he's timeless. He's willing to innovate. Uh, and now we have this new era of, you know, McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur, McDaniel, whatever, of coaches that are – innovating offensively and the era of breeze brady and manning are kind of getting left behind of pocket yeah. passers just shredding defenses uh personally i liked watching that era a little bit more than this era that's a different conversation but um, yeah, yeah. So. all that to say man panic button hovering <laughs> a long-winded way the trigger, for yeah, sure. a long-winded way of saying that let's move on um Bills, Dolphins, interesting. You know, the Dolphins coming off this the historic performance from yeah. this week. What are, what what are your reactions here? Bills almost hang fifty on. Right. I, I don't honestly have a whole lot to say in this aspect of. Uh, I probably thought the Dolphins were going to win, sure, but this wasn't like a uh, as shocking as the scoreboard says, forty eight twenty. You're like, cheese, but the way the Bills are, like. They, Josh Allen will just have these games and like defensively if they just do what they did like 20 points is still solid you know what I mean like that's all a solid showing it's not what you expect from the Dolphins but uh 48 I mean on the Dolphins who don't that that it's our question mark is defensively for this team yeah it's not their strength they're going to be in the bottom half not the top half defensively um so it wasn't crazy shocking and I think they were probably riding that high a little bit of being 70, like you 70 points on the Broncos. They probably did not take this week as seriously as they probably should have um, just from glance at the box score. That's, that's just my view on it. So this game, I did get a chance to watch a little more in depth and you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like the Dolphins, this was my concern preseason was defensively. And obviously, like Jalen Ramsey's not on the field right now, and that does make a difference. But um, I think the bottom line with this game is it comes down to is if Josh Allen is going to play like this, and this has been the problem with the Bills and why they can't get over the hump, it's because he doesn't play like this. But, dude, 21 of 25, 320, and four touchdowns. What? How do you stop that? Um, And and he had a rushing touchdown, team rush for – Around 100 yards. I don't want to do the math in my head. But look, man, this is – I had the Bills winning this game. It was good to see the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen outside of week one, he's been immaculate. 
uh, he's got I I don't really know how many you know I can I can pull up his numbers. Um, but he had three picks in week one. Since then, he has did he throw a touchdown in week one? I don't even know. I'm not sure, but he's been like kind of the MVP front runner since week one. Yeah, he's got a thousand yards passing. He's got nine touchdowns, four four total interceptions, three of which were in week in one. week one. Yeah, 106 passer rating. I don't even have his rushing stats here, but it, it, he's been the MVP front runner since then. He's been rock solid. The turnover question marks that were flying on Twitter have been completely answered, um, and it's just yeah. I, I this was this is if the Bills are going to be like this. There's not a team that should beat them in the AFC outside of Kansas City. I, I got to agree with that. Even from what we've seen Kansas City this year, I mean, right now it's the Bills to lose again. But we said that last year, and Kansas City still ended up in the Super Bowl. So time will tell. Um, but, yeah, this was uh, another master class from the Bills. I'm just going to tip my hat. and Not a whole lot to say, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. This is a game I'm very a little bit excited to talk about because I, I'm very I'm ready to buy in and we'll get to mm-hmm. it. Okay. Texans Steelers. CJ yeah. Stroud is fourth in passing, like the fourth best passer in the league, I would say, across all statistics. Obviously, that's a little bit subjective, but I think yeah, he's got 30 start. yards and touchdowns. He's high up there. Uh, and he's not turning the ball over. No. Dude, he's legit. Uh, and the Texan defense out of nowhere is like not 32nd in the league like I expected. That, <laughs> that honestly is D'Amico Ryans. That yeah. is fully to me a – was D.C. and San Fran. I mean, they always have a good defense, but being heart of that team defensively in Houston when he's a player, um, that was not shocking. I just want to get on the record because I know it's going to come – like I was wrong about C.J. Stroud. I know we're on four games in his career, but – um, I was so out on him as a prospect after hearing the IQ score and then going to the Texans, who I thought were going to be terrible this year. It's like, yeah, this guy, he's done. You know, and um, he might be the best out of the class. Right now it's between him and Anthony Richardson, I think, early. Um, yeah, obviously but, time will tell. But You said you wanted to buy in. I mean, are you looking? Oh, up oh yeah, we will. Today is <laughs> we will be when we get there. We'll be purchasing some okay. CJ Stroud okay. stock. We, we, All right. we will get there. Um, and there's somebody else I'm not wish I had a more acquisition, but I don't want to do both on the same team. But uh, Nico Collins, the rise of Nico Collins this year is kind of crazy to me. And and watching the film. It's not just like he's being schemed open. He's like winning routes and lining up as the X receiver and being asked to like win one-on-ones. And he is. He's consistently doing it. Okay. Week one, six of 11 for 80 yards. Week two, seven or six catches, 80 yards. Week two, seven catches, 146 and a touchdown. Week three, Jacksonville game, two for 34. Bounces back this week, seven for 168 and two touchdowns. Uh, I think he's in emerging as a wide receiver one. And as he can, as this team continues to develop, they've got other weapons, Damian Pierce, Tank Dell. This has been an insane one year turnaround for this offense, mm-hmm. just all from CJ Stroud. Like that's, that's like Absolutely. where sure, it, yeah. it all stems from him. He's elevating everybody around him. And Nico Collins, I, I think that come by the year, we might be talking about him as a top 12, top 10 receiver just based off of the year he's having right now if he stays on his pace he's the number one option in my opinion 
a lot of fantasy guys make the you know debate for Tank Dell. I, I think Nico Collins is the number one option on this team that will continue to show over time. And uh, I, I think that, that he's going to have an incredible year. Like, and he's going to be, you know, come next year, the, the Stroud Collins duo is going to be pretty high up on the duo list. Like, um, what are your thoughts? I know you're high on the Steelers this year, too, which we've, we haven't had a chance to chat about that. I was until I forgot they don't have an OC. I, I thought, I don't know, man. I, I guess maybe I read too much into the preseason football, just like, oh, they're opening up their play calling a bit. But it's like Matt Canada has to be the most like concert. There's bland play calling and then there's conservative. And I think he found the worst way of blending the two to the point where like, I, I don't, I genuinely can't watch like Najee Harris is so like, I mean, even in terms of like his vision is kind of suspect, but like he does not, they use him at, like he's James White, dude. They'll throw like bubble screens and stuff to him. And it's like, he's a power Alabama running back. Use him like Derrick Henry and then use Jalen Warren, which they are getting touches to and whatnot. But it's like, again, with the bubble screens, like you have George Pickens, you have Pat Freermuth who's been good. I know he's hurt, but then they just drafted Darnell Washington. Who's a six, seven tight end. You can stretch the field if you want to. They're just not allowing Kenny Pickett to do it. And if that's going to be the case, I can already hop off this team. I'm glad I didn't put any stock into them because holy cow, man. I think that you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like they could stretch the field if they want to. And they're getting Deontay Johnson back. Who's a good underneath kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, And you got George Pickens. They could stretch the field and they don't. And it's just one of those things where it's like, why are you, why are you handicapping your quarterback so much? You talk about Justin Fields being held back. I, I would agree. I put Kenny Pickett in that same category. Kenny Pickett, yeah. I don't even think he looks that bad, man. Like, I don't think the Steelers oh. fans are calling for his head. Like, I don't think that's the issue here. Right. Your, your it, offense it's is Matt Canada. Hard. Yeah. It's, it's Matt Canada, who apparently, by the way, was exposed for having a Twitter burner. Which doesn't shock <laughs> me. That's the that's the biggest problem with these dudes is they care too much about their appearance. You know what I'm saying? Like they get a rookie quarterback or a younger quarterback. Well, I'm going to look bad if they make a bunch of mistakes. No, you look bad because you're not letting them make the mistakes. Like you're not letting them play to their best of their ability. And that's why everybody's calling you out, but he's too egotistical. Oh, I got to protect him. McDaniels is Josh McDaniels. He's I mean, not a rookie anymore too. He, I get it. When you're a rookie, you want to hold back the offense, be yeah. conservative, make it easy. Dude, it's year two. You had a whole off season with this guy. You had a whole right. off season. OTAs, everything. Like this is Nothing when you should be taking the leaps forward, stretching the field. And I just like, I don't, I, I, I don't see the vision with Matt Canada. Oh, no, there is no vision. Mike, Mike Tomlin will find a way to scrap together a winning season probably. And I've yeah. even seen Steelers Twitter now start to basically call for Mike Tomlin's head, which I no. think is oh, absurd. No. Absurd. Is, but that guy's timeless. He's yeah. down. And that's that's actually where I would actually give more flowers to CJ Stroud in the sense that Mike Tomlin usually has his way with younger quarterbacks. Like they will get their nine wins because a couple of those games are just against younger quarterbacks or teams, slower offenses. And CJ Stroud did not take the bait. Uh, I mean, this, this guy's been really good. He's been rock solid. Um, and we'll, we'll get into buy, sell, hold here 
really quickly. But finally, I want to touch on Sunday night football. Um, somehow, somehow we've, we found ourselves in a world where I actually believe that Zach Wilson is one of the more like liked quarterbacks and people are genuinely rooting for this guy. Um, I found myself here basically week one when Rodgers went down and he got another chance. I was like, you know what, man? Good for him. Like he gets a chance. Let's see what he can do with it. A couple slow weeks. It is what it is. Uh, and then the love on Twitter that I saw for this man after this Sunday night football performance um, really solidified the, the, my belief in the change of public opinion about him. Um, mm. And he has grown mature. You know, you've seen the, the comparisons. Uh, after the, the his post game this week was, you know, it's on me. We needed more. And then they rewound to his rookie year where he was like, no, it's the defense's fault. And he said that like in a press conference, like the maturity is there. He's grown. Um, and you know what? If this is the Zach Wilson that, that Nathaniel Hackett is going to unleash and he's going to actually open up the playbook for him and not hold him back, yep. uh, I think the Jets, they, they got a chance, man. They, they got to, if they're going to, you know, play the Chiefs close of all teams to do this against, uh, then yeah, I, I think that there is a little bit of hope here. And I see I see the vision that Robert Sala has been saying to a wall because nobody's been listening about Zach Wilson's our guy. Zach Wilson, we're not going to sign anybody else. Zach Wilson's our guy. I see the vision. If this is if this is the vision, I see it now. Actually, I'm gonna I 100% agree with everything you said. Um, it, it feels like with Zach Wilson was doing all the right things where I saw, you know, hard knocks. And that that was really, I think, key to me. is getting that little inside scoop of, like, Aaron Rodgers was, like, not just taking him under his wing. Like, it was like a Yoda Luke Skywalker type deal. Like, any questions Zach Wilson had, Aaron Rodgers was, was giving him an answer and pointing things out. And I think, honestly, just there, there was a clip in the second or third episode, but Zach Wilson is, like, and Rodgers is right next to him, you know, probably give him that confidence. He's like, we're going to have fun today, guys. Like, football is fun. Like, we got to remember foot. Like, but it was more him talking to himself in the sense of, like, stop worrying about the New York media. Stop worrying about everybody that's going to hate on you. Because at the end of the day, even when you're good, people are still going to hate on you. Tom Brady, Jerry, like, people are going to take shots. So you can't focus on that. And if he really buys into the Nat- thing, heck, it's offense, as many – criticisms came his way last year Rodgers likes him for a reason he's smart he's innovative my issues have been early in the season it's like he's missing Garrett Wilson he's missing that easy throw he doesn't look good but if his confidence is there he has the arm talent to make every single throw that's why I think him so high I think here's what I have to say about Nathaniel Hackett um, and and just the difference that I was just noticeable if you're watching the broadcast you have to break down the film uh, they were throwing the ball. I mean, you can go. Let me pull up Zach Wilson's like pass attempts um, mm-hmm. from this year. Obviously, week one, like he's going to be, you know, thrown into the. That's just up. horrible. Yeah. Your, your game plan well, gets completely changed. Um, but recent games for Zach Wilson. Okay, week one, twenty-one pass attempts, fourteen of twenty-one. Week two, obviously, we. I'm going to excuse that from Hackett's standpoint. Week two, twelve of twenty-seven. And we see a jump in week three, 18 of 36. And then we get to week four, 28 of 39 in prime time. It's his best game, looking at Zach Wilson's numbers by far. Um, he threw those three picks against Dallas in week two. Hasn't thrown an interception since. Um, he's thrown two touchdowns the last two weeks. Look, 
they're they're one and three. They got they stole. They're lucky they're not freaking one zero oh, and four. Oh my gosh, are they lucky? They're, that I is can't believe Buffalo fair. lost that game. But um, I I think I just see the vision. If we're gonna open up the playbook, we're gonna throw it 35, 40 times with this guy. We're gonna scheme Garrett Wilson open. We're going to, and that's gonna open up the run game. I think that they thought immediately after he went down that they could just, oh, we got Dalvin Cook and we got Brees Hall. Like we're just gonna grind it out. And then teams immediately responded and said, I dare you to have Zach Wilson like beat us. And that's what the Chiefs did. I dare you to have Zach Wilson beat us. And he almost did. Yeah. So if he can turn into somewhere in this, you know, Kirk Cousins, Tannehill, Carr style quarterback, and then pair that with the Jets defense, Jets run game, and the Jets weapons. Um, as well as Aaron Rodgers as your mentor, because even like through four games, I can I can just see mannerisms Zach Wilson's doing on certain like fakes yeah. and stuff where it's like, man, that looks like that looks like Rodgers. Yeah. Um, and I know that's so subjective, but I just I see the vision, I really do, um, and I'm interested to see where they go from here. I I really am. I think they're going to get a win this week against um, the Broncos because I the Broncos are on my no pick list, but. Um, I think that he's got a really – the Chiefs are – here's what I'm trying to say. The Chiefs are a really great defense uh, right now. They've been playing really good. I was playing the freaking Broncos who just gave up 70, and then they gave up 28 to Justin Fields and the Bears. And, you yeah. know, my mom has the OC. So, <laughs> I got the Jets winning this week, getting a little ahead of ourselves. But I, you have anything else to add? No. No, I think you hit the nail right on that, man. Zach Wilson might be back. <laughs> and you love to see it, man. That's the thing. Is he used to be so hated, and now it's like yeah, everybody loves to see it. Like it's such you a love those stories, man. Such when a change of public opinion. Yeah. Um, let's let's move to buy, sell, hold. And uh, I'll take the floor first because I already kind of gave away one of the things I wanted to do. But um, three confidence, CJ Stroud. I'm just buying mm-hmm. stock in the player. We've kind of, yeah. I've kind of already given the case, but he just looks so composed, so solid. They're doing everything right. He's spreading the ball around. Uh, and and more importantly, they're winning games. And they just won handedly. Uh, but he's just composed in the big moments. And he's, you know, he doesn't look like a rookie. That's the, that's the part that's crazy. I mean, he, he doesn't look like a rookie. He's top five in passing yards. Uh, and I think touchdowns too. So, and he's really low on the interceptions list. I'd have to double check. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. This is uh, especially with the success of uh, Puka Nakua, or however you say his last name. God, Nakua. Nakua. Oh, yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. He uh, he's a guy that I think is not going to be forgotten because I mean it's it's Cooper Cup, right? Like this guy almost this had a record. Season. Perfect time to buy, man. This is a perfect time to buy. I was looking at this one and on my IR spot fantasy. I mean, this is a guy that. It's really more for me about Stafford. I'm going to put a three confidence in Cooper Cup in. The reason it's not really anything lower is I'm very confident in his abilities and the way the stock is right now. I think he's only going to improve it. But Matthew Stafford is like a – makes the wide receiver one, whoever that is, like a – A, a, a superstar. A, literally, like, complete like – I looked, it was back, at, and we always talk about Kenny Galladay, how bad that contract was, but he like he got the contract for a reason. And Marvin Jones got multiple contracts. Like, he went to the Jags as wide receiver one because of Matthew Stafford. Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup have the best seasons in wide receiver history. 
and they were quarterbacked by Matthew Stafford. So, like, I could probably keep digging and find more, but it's just that history of, like, he loves to force feed the wide receiver one. It, I mean, it's it's history. The guy's back in what I've seen this year, and uh, I'm putting all my confidence in Cooper Cup, man. So is this a – I'm assuming this is not a long-term trade here. This is a medium-short-term trade you're looking to sell within the season. I think I might just – in terms of like long-term, like the idea of, because coming back from injury and even seeing Keenan Allen's doing after being kind of injury riddled for a lot of coming back, I'm pretty confident in Cooper Cup establishing himself back in that top five conversation for like the next couple of years. Oh, wow. Okay. Like top five players of like receiver, like people do not think of his name. It's like Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. Like you think of everybody else but him. And I think he's going to firmly reestablish his spot. I like I like the vision. I like the vision. Um, cool, man. But I do want to I do want to clarify like for my CJ Stroud acquisition that is a long term hold. We're supposed to like give our strategy our, our oh, trade. Yeah, strategy. I like the idea, but yeah, I'll go. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm okay. So like CJ Stroud, I'm holding long term three confidence. Like you know, I've got Anthony Richardson stock and Jordan Love stock. Those are kind of long term trades, and then. Like last week when I bought Sam Howell, that was kind of a short-term thing. I'm, I'm still, by the way, holding this week. Um, yeah. um, so here's my here's my next purchase. We're doing two acquisitions a week for now, but here's my next purchase. Um, this is this is this is this is a hot take. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that by next fall, spring tra- or fall camp next year, Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Falcon. It's a great I wouldn't be shocked. I wanted to say by the end of this regular season, but I decided to just pump the brakes a little bit on the on the you know insanely hot take. And I went, I gave myself till next fall. But I think Justin Fields, I think it's the perfect fit, man. Like he had success. Arthur Smith had success with Marcus Mariota. Ritter, I'm fully out on at this point. We haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I'm fully out on Ritter at this point. I just don't see the vision as a pro quarterback. I think he's probably 32 right now, including Zach Wilson. Um, And Fields, you get in with an Arthur Smith man who knows how to dial up QB runs, who knows how to just kind of scheme guys open and not, you know, force feed. I think Fields could be the guy that finally elevates the weapons that they've put in that offense to where we think they all should be. People look at Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They're like, why don't they get the ball more? That's because they have Desmond Ritter throwing the ball, and and they're they're handicapped. I think Fields would be able to take Arthur Smith's quarterback handicap off of that offense. Okay, so no, that's a, I'm glad you bring up the Falcons because uh, I'm going for the future today, and actually my second guy on the list because his face his stock is extremely low with Bijan Robinson and the way Ritter's been playing and Jonu Smith leading the team in receiving yards. I'm putting a three again stock confidence in Kyle Pitts. Oh, no. I am going to take this bait for the reason of Taylor Goat Key, aka Taylor Heineke. This man got the Washington football team to the playoffs against Tom Brady. Okay. He eventually is going to take over. I just think it's a matter of time. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily Ritter's fault entirely, just given I think Arthur Smith makes it difficult to get into the rhythm as a passer in his offense. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, he made a quarterback change last year, going from Mariota to Ritter. 
would not be shocked if division's still competitive. They want to try and win some games. And if Taylor Heineke comes in, I mean, he made Logan Thomas, who was a quarterback when he came in from Virginia Tech, into – I mean, he's an established tight end in Washington now. And I, you can't tell me that it's Ron Rivera's doing. I mean, Panthers, once they got rid of Greg Olson, did not have any good tight ends. So I'm going to give uh, Kyle Pitts – a lot of, now this might be something myself in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what here's I'm what I wrote. Well, I, I might wrote Kyle Pitts in the notes priced at a discount and banking on the fact that Ritter gets benched. <laughs> Pretty much, like I'm foreseeing like what the Falcons could end up doing, and hey, if it doesn't go that way, uh, he might be an early sell candidate. Um, I do want to say I put uh, two confidence on the fields. By, as a Falcon next year take. So not fully all in on it, but uh, you think it's, it's going that way. It's a hot take and I won't be shocked. I want to get I want to get it on record, man. Don't know how I'll trade this because it's kind of just like a do or die. Like if it happens, it happens. But just want to just want to get it on the get it on the floor. Um that's gonna take us to our quarter season awards. Um so quarter of the way through the season. Buy sell hold is finished. Um we're moving on. We're going to do MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defense, and then Offensive and Defensive Rookie Player of the Year. Um, and I'll give you the floor first. Who's your quarter season through the first quarter of the season? MVP. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Um, just, I mean, it's really hard to argue with its quarterback award. In terms of quarterbacks playing best right now, it's him. I have guys we're really thinking of. Uh, Burroughs had a tough year. Mahomes is kind of bleh. Can't yeah. go with Josh Allen. I actually – Josh Allen was my second choice. I actually think I've got Lamar this so through four games. They're three and one. He's got four passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, just one turnover and just one interception. Um, and they look good. They're playing Ravens football. And that's why uh, his, his passing yards aren't off the wall. His rushing yards are. He's like – already has 300 rushing yards or something, which is for a quarterback is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I just like, he looks like 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson, like they're winning games because he's controlling the game. Um, and that's, this was a hard one. Like, I don't think that there's a clear front runner for MVP right now. I think that Josh Allen's probably the favorite. Um, right. And then I, I think I would give my MVP to Lamar just because of Josh Allen's really poor week one performance. That, that was kind of the deal breaker for me. Um Fair. Coach of the year, my pick's not going to surprise you. I've got Mike McDaniel. Like, I, yeah, I'll I that. yeah, <laughs> this uh, after the seventy ball. I understand what happened on Sunday, but um, he's he's ahead of the pack. Yeah. He really is. I don't know if you did you see Kyle Brandt's whole like rant on Good Morning Football. I, I did. You, I thought it was the worst. I forget what what did he say. That though? was clickbait to me. He was he was like he was like they're not ahead of it. Like like just kind of. I mean, it was like picked. Oh, hard. he was talking about the motion. He was talking about the motion. He was like, "This yeah. is not innovative." Everybody talks like this is going to change football forever. It is. Like, and it I is. was like, "Dude, what is like?" Yeah. It just felt like it was one of those things last year. I think it was Emmanuel show, like just waiting for the moment that Tua like slips up and then just hammers clickbait takes, down, and yeah. that's what it felt like. Was like, okay, the Dolphins are getting a lot of media attention after winning seven games, getting a lot of praise. Oh no! They scored twenty against the Bills and gave up fifty. Let me blame the offense. Yeah, like that doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> like, um, you know, look, man, what's Mike McDaniel's record 
through two years with Tua. Like, it's pretty freaking good. It's pretty good. They add, like, offensively, they just keep going up. So, uh-huh. who's your uh, who's your offensive player of the year? Ooh, see, that one's gonna go to McCaffrey. Um, oh, we're on the same, we're on the same page again. Yeah, yeah. I I could see it going to a receiver in the end, but I mean, it, we're talking quarter season, so we might end up on some similarities in the sense that through the first four weeks, he's not a bad game. I mean, I could be wrong, but like, no, you're right. He's having an LT esque. He's got he's got 460 rushing yards, and the second guy has 360. Yeah, he's just different animal. Not to mention everything he does receiving. Like he's just got a hundred yard gap for four games. That's insane. Like, um, and different that, that trade, man, that trade is going to get looked back on. If Purdy, if they're able to win a Super Bowl on on a seventh round rookie's contract, like, oh yeah, that's going to be one of the greatest deals probably ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was hard. Defensive Player of the Year. I ended up going with T.J. Watt simply because he like. Won them that Browns game, like yeah, and he's in the kind like I think he's tied for the most sacks. Nobody's really stood out like crazy. You look at the sack leaders, you see Khalil Mack has six, but that's all in one game. Like, yeah. uh, you look at the interception leaders, like Jordan Whitehead, also all one game. <laughs> Jesse Bates had three or four, all one game. Like it was just like nobody's been great every game so far this year. TJ Watts probably there. My Miles Garrett pick for the preseason, he's a half sack back of the leader, so I'm not even like sweating that. I feel good about that. Right. So yeah. Yeah, and I'll I'll clarify because I know we have like our pre, you know, like season picks in terms of like who we think's gonna get it. And I will for me at least, I'm not gonna say my quarter season is like going back on it. I'm just saying no, no this is just right like right now. Yeah, the yeah. four game sample size, if I do vote as a you know personality whatever uh defense player of the year i would say mike parsons just because of the fact that he's in that same category as you said of miles garrett tj watt where they're a game wrecker and i just think the cowboys with their media attention the way they've had like two really stellar defense performances against the giants and uh patriots i think mike parsons would probably just get the most votes but i'm totally in the vein of like tj watt could get it it's, I think, going to be a three-man race between those three, personally. I don't know if there's going to be a DB. I think I said Sauce Gardner making that step. He's and, kind of regressed this year. Like, I've been unimpressed. I have not been, yeah, in terms of uh, what I thought would happen. It's not going that way. It's <laughs> going the other way, for sure. Who's your offensive rookie of the year? Rookie of the year, I will give uh, – I love Puka. I, like, I love him. He's so, like, I could give it to him, but we, we brought him up earlier, and it's it's got to be C.J. Stroud for just for my – where I thought the Texans were going to be. I did not think they were going to be competitive. I don't think anybody thought. Yeah. They still screamed to me a couple-win team, and they're making things – They already have a couple wins. <laughs> yeah. Like, I – I mean, C.J. Stroud, yeah, I, I'm going to give him that, though. Sure. I've got CJ Stroud written down as number one and Puka Nakua written down as number two. Puka yeah. Nakua, by the way, has 500 yards receiving through four games. He's halfway oh, to a thousand. Shattering, shattering records for receptions in games, the most through your first two ever, most through your first three ever. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm going CJ Stroud just because of quarterback favoritism and Cooper Cup's ineminent return. Um, right. 
However, if the season ended today, I probably went towards Puka just because what he's the record breaking. Like yeah. that that means a lot to me. I mean, dude, he's halfway to a thousand yards. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, defensive rookie of the year. This was probably the hardest one for me. Mm-hmm. Settled on Jalen Carter. Honorable mention for Brian Branch, who I think has been solid, but he is banged up after that Packers game. Um, but Jalen Carter has just been like the best value. Will Anderson's been pretty solid too. Nobody's really like elevated like Sauce did last year, where it's like, oh yeah. Obviously, it's only quarter way through the season, but Jalen Carter, I think he, he, especially as the ninth overall pick, I think he was like he's been such a steal for the Eagles. Um, oh yeah, and, and he's just he's a beast, man. Oh, who? By the way, I thought. I mean, there was a case before his whole. He had some situation. I don't even remember what it was, which is why it seems so silly, like in hindsight. But it was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was like. I think he, he still has a pending trial. Yeah, maybe this by me, I should be, you know, speaking a little too soon on it. But I mean, he was projected if the Bears kept the pick. Some people were saying it was him or Will Anderson at one. And the Eagles yeah. just got him at nine. So the defensive rookie of the year thing does not surprise me. I a Bo Callahan moment right there. It, yeah. That's <laughs> really, such a movie, man. Oh gosh. <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> but yeah, Jalen Carter. Like I could mimic that pick. I'm gonna stick with Brian Branch though. Like like I picked him and he's actually lived up to the bill. He's actually doing what I thought he'd do through four weeks. So hoping he just keeps rolling, man. Yeah. I hope he stay banged up, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's been solid, scored that touchdown in week one. Um, and I think he's probably the best you know, DB option for either defensive player of the year or defensive rookie of the year. Um, yeah. that's gonna take us to our week five predictions. Always fun. Let's do a quick recap of where we're at. Eh? Um, last week I went nine and seven. You went seven and nine. Jake, twelve and four. He's not here oh today with us. Twelve and four performance from Jake. That. Um, yeah, texted his picks in, so we didn't even get him on the record. Um, that brings us. Let me go back to the main page for the year. Uh, I am thirty nine and twenty five. You are thirty five and twenty nine. Um, total, I've taken a three-game lead in our career totals. <laughs> we'll see Jeez. if that lasts. Uh, and then Jake's total numbers on the year are a little skewed. I don't have them quite yet. We'll have those for you next week. But Because uh, I don't think he did. He didn't do week one or week two, but he joined in week three to send them picks. So um, that takes right. us to week five. Tonight, Bears, Commanders. I already said who I was picking. Bears, never going to pick them. It's all improving. Right. Right. Rolling with the Tommies. All right. right. With Rolling com- with the commies. Takes us to Sunday in London. Back-to-back London games for Jacksonville. Ooh. We got Jaguars and the Bills. What do you got? Oh, man. I might regret this, but I got to make up some ground. And because they've been in London, I'm going to take the Jags. Um, Thank you for making that easier for me. I'm taking the Bell. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with Josh Allen the way he's playing right now. Uh, look, I love the Jaguars. The, I think there is an advantage to the fact that they've been in London. That was the only reason I thought about picking them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the Bills, the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and 49ers are kind of at the point where I really don't think I'm ever picking against them. It's hard. Um, it really yeah. is. Um, Saints in New England. The Patriots kind of need this win. Um, I'm going to take them if they don't get it. We could see Bailey Zappi or some other weird Belichick, maybe Lee Cunningham, you know, 
makes an appearance. I think I agree. I picked the Patriots last week and embarrassed me. This is kind of hand over the panic button a little bit as well, except right. it's not as mainstream a team as the Bengals. Um, I'm going to pick the Patriots because it's in New England and the Saints offense has been struggling and now they're going against Belichick. Um, but I won't be shocked if they lose this game. <laughs> like I, uh, mm-hmm. But I also won't be shocked if Mac Jones comes out and just lights it up because that seems to be what he's done in his career is, is play really bad against good teams and really, really good against bad teams. So, um, Very true. Very true. Classic AFC South matchup. Titans in Indianapolis. You're high on Indy. They've been pretty good. I'm going to roll with the Titans coming off that win against the Bengals. I, I this, this renaissance of Tannehill maybe being better now that he's got a number one option in Hopkins. We'll see as time tells. But for this week, taking the Titans. And I'll take Colts. I actually think uh, Shane Steichen is going to give Mike Vrabel Maybe not problems, but different looks that'll keep them thinking. And uh, defensively, I think the Colts are very underrated. Actually, I agree. This was not a like. I, I may have sounded confident in that Titans pick. I was definitely teetering with this one. So let me get That's that fair. on the division matchup. It really could go anyway. Yeah, um, Ravens at Steelers. I'm taking the Ravens, and not really hesitant. Yeah, me too. Uh, as bad as that's. Yeah, I can't even talk myself into it. <laughs> I'm trying to, but it's like I just don't love what I'm stealing. Like the Steelers are not – they're not good right now. I Panthers guess. in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I don't think Carolina I'm first not, I'm not, here. I'm not thinking about it twice. Here's one I would think that you're going to – I'm interested to see where you go. Uh, Houston is going to Atlanta this week. Um I'm going to roll with Houston. I'm kind of bought in, as, as literally bought in as I can be. But I know yeah. that you've got your your takes on Atlanta. So. Right, and this would be a game they'll win, but, like, it's it's not in my eyes. It's going to be close. Like, it's we could still see a terrible Desmond Ritter day and the Falcons find a way to win. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Atlanta here. All right. Uh, we didn't talk about them, but Giants going into Miami, I'm – not picking the Giants. They're on. They're they're. They went from a Super Bowl pick to possibly on my no pick list. Yeah, um, we'll probably fair. talk about them after this week, um, but we try to diversify who we talk about a little bit. So yeah, um, Dolphins all the way. Yeah, Bengals at Cardinals. This is we we've kind of preempted this as well. I'm rolling with Cincy. Agreed. Yeah, they will be on the no pick list if they don't get this done. Because that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. One forward because you Dude, lose. It. This is a team that got freaking smoked by Daniel Jones. We like it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Joe Burns uh, do something. Yeah. Eagles at Rams. Philly's kind of on my not pick, you know, like pick to win every, you know, always pick list, I guess would what we'd be calling. Yeah. Uh, but this is did make me think because it's in LA. Uh, but, you know, LA, is that a home field advantage? I don't know. Uh, and the Rams have. Been a surprising team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to take that bait. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, just because I don't know if the Eagles go like 8-0 again this year. Like, I think they'll take a loss a little bit earlier, realistically. Um, not saying the Eagles aren't. They're definitely a better team. Here's the, here's the thing with the Eagles it, for me right now and, and kind of the state of where they're at is they started slow in those first two weeks and didn't play well and won. And then the last two weeks, they've looked immaculate and are winning at will. Fair. And to me, it's like they're rolling and getting into their groove. 
I'm not going to pick against him. Like it's, uh, it's, and I, I hate doing this because I'm going to look like such a doofus next week when the <laughs> Eagles win by like two scores. It's like, yep, not sure why I picked against them. But. You know what? When the Eagles finally play the Commanders, uh, that's when I'll pick them. Or did they play them this week? They played them this week. Yeah, when they, when they play them again. Their luck runs <laughs> when out. they play them again, because the Commanders are the street tenders. Uh, Jets at Broncos. I already said I was taking the Jets. See if you can yeah, let Russ cook uh, this week. I'm or... so tired of doing this game with the Broncos. I haven't moved my Ross stock yet, but I'm not picking them, man. I'm taking the Jets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's the thing with the Russ stock is – for once, this is not like last year. Russ is actually putting up numbers it's and they're moving bad. around. It's like, oh, I, I, sorry, I didn't score seventy-one points, man. Like, yeah, like uh, it's actually kind of moving up. So I, 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 think I, I would at least say that the, the Russ stock is is kind of choppy right now, up and down, up and down. I would not say that it's at a from where we uh, were. From where we were, it's at least here. It's I'll a, give you I'll give you like a five percent gain. It's not the four, but it's, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe the four. like a three percent gain on that stock price. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. Chiefs at Vikings, not hesitant. Chiefs. Vikings go to one and four. Panic sets in. Oh, I think panic is there. <laughs> it is there. I think. Part of me wants to take the Vikings. I think the Chiefs might just lose. Like, I think because they're just bound to lose. Is it in Minnesota? Yeah. I'll take the Vikings, son. I just – I don't know. I think the Chiefs are definitely a team. If they're going to lose, it's going to be early. But, man, I really – the two teams are in the Super Bowl last year. I, I would like to clarify that you have now picked against the Eagles and the Chiefs, the Chiefs the same <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. We'll you know what, man? I, I like it. You gotta love it. Cowboys at 49ers. This I, one love 49ers. Yeah. I'm not gonna pick against them. We're on the same page. That's Sunday night football. I'm excited for that game, but uh, the Cowboys have just been they have been up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. I can see them playing another stinker like yeah. on football. Yeah. Uh, and then Monday night football, the Packers are in Vegas against the Raiders. The Raiders are not on my no pick list, but they are about as high as you can ever be without being on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you reserve four teams to always be on your no pick list, the Raiders are like fifth. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm rolling with the Packers. I think this could be a close game. I don't know. Jair Devontae is going to be a fun matchup. Say, if Jair doesn't play, Devontae is going for like 200. But yeah. Yeah. I totally see the vision, though. It's, it should be a good game. I'll roll with the Packers. If they lose again this week, I won't pick them again for the rest of the year. We'll go back to our strategy from last year. But uh, obviously, I already have you written down for the Packers. So. Yes, sir. For, for those who keep count, we have one, two, three, four, five different picks this week. I already have a three-game lead on the year. So that could get interesting fairly quickly. Um, as it comes to the all-time records, but not much more, uh, not much more to do other than watch Thursday night football. Um, as always, yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to check us out on TikTok and Twitter, um, and uh, share your friends, share the podcast. Let us know if you have any hot takes, what you think we should buy stock in. Convince us, maybe we'll have you on. Give us a pitch. But uh, without further ado, any clothing closing statements? No, I just kind of hope the Bears lose tonight. <laughs> it's, hey, maybe we get a new era. 
interim head coach. It's a new era. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll catch you next week.